You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Good evening, UFC fight fans. This is the UFC on ESPN 15, Munoz versus Frankie Edgar post-fight live stream. And now, your host, Mike Heck. What a beautiful introduction that was, Casey Lydon. We're live, everybody, following an absolutely wild card in Las Vegas tonight. As we welcome you to the UFC on ESPN 15 live post-fight show for MMAfighting.com. Frankie Edgar just defeated Pedro Munoz in the main event via split decision. We will get into that fight and much more. First off, I am Mike Heck, being joined by Alex Kaylee, E. Casey Lydon on the production side. He will join Thank you to all of you who are joining us right now. If you're watching or listening after the fact, we appreciate that as well. And of course, if you have thoughts, questions, whatever, in tonight's event, leave them. We're here to hang out with all of you first and foremost. But AK, I think this card warrants the usual letter grade question to kick off. Is we saw this card come together, we saw it fall apart, we saw pieces fall into place. We saw some of those pieces fall out. We lost two fights yesterday at the weigh-ins, got one back, lost the co-main event just a couple of hours before the card was set to begin due to a positive COVID test for Obin St. Pru. Despite all of these hurdles, AK, this was a lot of fun. How would you grade tonight, all things considered? I have to give it a strong, uh, sorry, sorry, a less, a light A-. minus. I'm going to go with light A-. minus. I was thinking either a strong B-plus or a light A-. minus. People can construe that however they want. Uh, I didn't want to penalize the card for having less fights because I'm in favor uh, of, of of cards not always having to be 10, 11, 12. Like, I think like eight fight cards would be great. Fight nights would be great in the future. You know, like four prelims, uh, four main card fights. I think that'd be awesome. So uh, I don't think we're ever going to get that. So this nine fights was was kind of nice. We had some, some good finishes, some interesting stoppages, to put it nicely. Uh, a couple of good uh, fights that went the distance, including the main event. So I'm, I'm going to be very, I'm going to go A minus here. I know that sounds like a really high, strong grade, but again, uh, I think I'd like to see more, more cards constructed this way, even though uh, it wasn't really how they intended to do it. All right. So I'm going to build upon this before we throw it to Casey. I don't think he's going to be quite as high on the grade as we are. But to me, we saw six finishes in nine fights. We saw two fights that are going to be in the running for comeback of the year at the end of the year. We saw the biggest upset in UFC history, according to betting lines, with Shauna Dobson defeating Maria Agapova. There we go, John Anik. And there's nothing better in my mind. Uh, plus, plus, the main event was awesome. But there is nothing better in my mind than a card that everybody scoffs at. Even I, one of the heirs of positivity, even I snickered at this card a little bit on paper. But man, the action delivered in a big way. And maybe I'm grading on a little bit of a curve here because I went in with okay expectations. This is an easy A for me, AK. Casey, I don't think you're going to grade it that strongly. What do you think? <laughs> I did enjoy this card. goes um, the overachiever of the year. How about that? This this card ex- exceeded exceeded expectations. Um, my big thing is just I mean we watched outside the main event. It was a glorified um, contender series card, but it was still a great card. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the nine fights. I bummed out that I know all these fighters you know had got COVID and you know they they're missing paychecks and have to deal with that stuff. That sucks. But what we got tonight was 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 um quality and entertainment and great storylines great storylines <laughs> all right well before we dive into more of the fights as they transpired 
We do have the bonuses. They have been released. They are out there for the public. Fight of the night, no surprise. The main event, Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar. Performances of the night went to Trevin Jones. I don't think that's a big surprise, even though the stoppage was a little eh. And Shauna Dobson gets 50 Gs as well. Thoughts on that, AK? Did the UFC get this one correct? Yeah, I, don't, I can't see any major issue with that. Sean Dobson definitely deserved one for uh, what is apparently, I guess, depending which betting site you go to, the biggest upset in UFC history. I think I saw some people saying she was big as a, as a plus 900 underdog, which would have been more than uh, Holly Holm and Ronda Rousey and some other notable fights. Even uh, even I think Matt Sarah, I think some people said was closer to uh, the GSP fight, the first one, closer to plus 800. So uh, and that was like on the on the on the farther scale of. Of, uh, of uh, betting odds, so yeah, this might have been. We might have seen the greatest upset uh, in UFC history. Um, m- maybe uh, I got uh, such a uh, favorite. So you know, that's that's certainly a, a quirk of the odds, a quirk of betting, something we see sometimes. We see it in belt. We see, but uh, they're sort of heading it, it. It did seem like a sensible thing. So yeah, uh, Sean Dobson absolutely deserving. Uh, Jones will be interesting, but good for him. Other big night, Timur Valley with with much more of a name, and of. Uh, Edgar and Munoz. I think one of the, the I don't know if it's part of, I think we all know what the front runner is there, but uh, yeah, definitely both. So kudos. Over, uh, you could be wrong. I think performance is not a different. Trevin Jones favorite to get a tonight, but it's a good one. If you want to give it to Joe, they wouldn't have been mad at that. Mm, yeah. Standing rope, you don't see that. Uh, some great performances. It's some some fun fights and some, yes. So. Casey, what do you think? Do you think the UFC got this right? Especially, I mean, fight of the night's obvious, but performances yeah. of the night, we good with this? Wait, who got the other performance? I'm sorry. It was Jones and Dobson. Oh, so they, they, they give it to Jones, huh? Hmm. No, I would not give it to Jones. But I, I, I Dobson definitely gets it just because that was, I mean, yeah, that was, the odds of that, and I thought the odds were legit too. Like Shana Dobbs, Shana, Shana, Shana. Respect, respect. <laughs> Shana Dobson. I mean, basically, I don't think she's a UFC level fighter. I think she, she's a she's a very nice lady, and I'm very happy for. Her, but I just didn't think she was a UFC level fighter. And um, holy crap, she uh, just outlasted Agapova. I thought, and actually, I thought. Don- it, it just an incredible job, um, uh, color and doing color commentary tonight. When he basically said Agapova is just, like, there's just the pace she is setting is just impossible to keep up, just impossible. And Shana Dobson just had to survive, and literally that's all she did. She survived, and Agapova just looked like to me just passed out during the fight. So, but 50k, I would I would definitely give him the other 50k to um, I think either Rodriguez or. The standing rear naked choke by Selecki was was just awesome, um, but yeah. Which Rodriguez? Oh yeah, um, oh yeah, Mike. We'll go Mike. <laughs> Mike. Yeah. There you go. Slow Mike Rodriguez. Slow Mike Rodriguez. Big, huge win for him. He needed that one badly. Uh, Marcin Pratio. I don't know if we're going to see him much more in the octagon. Unfortunately, uh, had a lot of success heading in to his octagon run, but now he's 0 three and. I have a hard time believing they're going to bring him back, unfortunately. Oh, you, know but what? I, 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 you know, I totally forgot. Jesus. Why didn't Jordan Wright get a, a freaking um, some sort of bonus? He, he's an 85er fighting a heavyweight coming down to 205. I mean, almost knocked off it. No, he was about to. I mean, he almost. I know. He, he, no, that was a legit cut. So that wasn't one of those, oh, I kind of got you with my elbow. That was like he was putting a hurting on him. And coming in what, on six days' notice to up and weight. Uh, yeah, there could have been a lot more bonuses tonight, but one of those nights. 
Yeah, that was the performance Jordan Wright needed because I think a lot of people had called into question sort of his strength of schedule getting yes. into the UFC. And, man, he delivered in a big way. Ike Villanueva is a tough SOB. Yeah. He made it happen. AK, I saw a lot uh, of rude tweets about just before Jordan Wright came up, uh, yeah. calling him a Ken Crusher. Uh, because he fought for XFN, which I guess wasn't oh, isn't one of the cool uh, regional promotions with uh, the hipster MMA crowd out there. Um, it's true, yes. I think I think someone made a good point. He didn't fight anyone I think that even had a winning record or maybe any record at all until like his uh, seventh or eighth pro fight. So, but that doesn't speak to the quality of his skills, right? That's just kind of the matchmaking. It could be circumstance. And uh, yeah, he looked great. Um, he weighed in at uh, 200 pounds uh, for this light heavyweight bout. Again, he only took the fight on three days' notice, so literally off the couch. Uh, and. and Good for him taking a guy, a veteran, in uh, Villanueva. So I'm getting a bonus. Stoppages is rare. I think Ferguson might have gotten one for Cerrone. I can't remember, but uh, Doctor Stoppages usually. I don't know. That's. Me almost knocked him out in the first ten seconds, man. Almost. You crazy? Almost. But he didn't, Casey. But he didn't. And we don't. We don't. We don't give bonuses for almost. Okay, in the UFC. Uh, and also, what a super nice kid after. A very, very sage Northcutt-esque interview after breaking out all the uh, all the cliches and saying all the nice things he can. So uh, good for you, Jordan. Right, we'll see you again at 185, I guess. Absolutely. Let's main event. We've talked about some of the prelims. We talk co-main event a little bit. Let's talk about this main event. Frankie Edgar drops to 35. I call Dredger before on look stripped. Looked like he should have been there for years. And the fight was high level. Like talk about a wild night. And then you cap it off with a main event like that, that high-level chess match with two guys just giving it their all. Very close fight. And I was telling you guys before we went live here, there's not a scorecard, in my opinion, outside of like a 50 to 45 for either guy. That's wrong. Like, I don't think anything's wrong. I had scored it for Frankie 48-47. AK, how did you score it? Uh, I think I would have gone 48-47 Munoz. And I say this as I think people know I'm a massive Frankie Edgar fan. Uh, I, I just I just think Munoz landed the more damaging shots again, and it's one of those things that it's hard for us to tell. Uh, certainly from the outside looking in, you know, I guess we just go based on kind of you know volume, uh, just kind of the eye. How does the opponent react to getting hit? Um, and it, it is really hard to tell. Uh, the striking, the on-screen striking, significant strike numbers during the fight were very close, uh, at least through the first four rounds. So if people pay any heed to those, then uh, certainly it was a very difficult fight to call. Uh, I'm looking at MMADecisions.com right now. Uh, very heavily favor, uh, heavily in favor of Munoz. I see four scores for Edgar, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna do a quick count here. It looks to be about 16 or 17 scores uh, for Munoz, ranging from 47, uh, 48, 47 to 49, 46. Our own Jed Mishu uh, went 48, 47 Munoz and was adamant on Twitter that uh, Edgar was getting his butt kicked during the fight, and uh, anything besides a Munoz win uh, was absurd. But that's a very uh, Jed Mishu way of putting things. Yes, Jed was uh, was quite angry, as he normally is on Twitter, uh, probably from rounds three through five. And then once the judges scorecards are read, I think an LOL was uh, was put in all caps before he gave his thoughts. <laughs> oh, on no. That. Oh, no. So, Casey, AK scored it for Munoz, 48-47. I scored it 48-47 for Edgar. How did you score it? Uh, I scored it for Frankie Edgar. Um, I... I, I outside of maybe... What would we... Beforehand... The fight was so good. Every round was every round was very similar in a sense. It wasn't like one round someone got hurt. So I'm kind of I'm already getting the rounds confused actually in my head. But I don't remember there being a really solid like this round. Like 100% has to go to this guy. Uh, maybe round two. Was that was that what round was? The, I thought 
I thought two oh. was a clear Frankie round. Yeah, I according to the on-screen three numbers, was a clear was Munoz round. Three? Mm-hmm. You said yeah. Three. And I thought the rest were pretty close. Yeah. This is one. This is one of those fights. As like, I hate saying it. It's like, man, a draw would have been pretty cool. <laughs> like, I, I just didn't think Munoz. I don't, I don't think either guy deserves to lose. You know. But unfortunately, if a draw, neither neither guy wins their um, actual win bonus, so that sucks too. But um, I did score for Frankie, but it was one of those fights where I legitimately, I kind of expected Munoz to win, but because um, I thought the, like kind of AK said, like it's really just how you judge the reactions, you know, like if you get hit hard, who's got the better poker face? And I just think maybe Frankie had a better poker face for the judges in the sense that. The, the shot just he he was hiding the limp in his leg like as soon as he got his hand raised you saw like, all his adrenaline you saw he was limping pretty bad so if he had limped during the fight one point at one point maybe even switch stance to, to show the judges that those shots those leg kicks were hurting i definitely think frankie would have lost the fight but man frankie was just so tough and just went like whatever whatever and um i think that's what um i just think he um he fooled the judges in a sense that with all the leg kicks not hurting him yeah. Uh, but by the way, shout out to uh, our YouTube comments. MMA ELO, uh, Jed Mashu is the worst scorer in all the media. So <laughs> the people have spoken. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's just, that's yeah. not me. That's not me. Yeah. That's from the comments. Okay, I didn't say nothing. Jed is my colleague. I would. I have no comment on it. Uh, but that is from the YouTube comments. Uh, the people have spoken. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, I think Casey make a really good point that like, look, there's a reason Edgar has been fighting this long and has won so many competitive decisions in his career. Is he's always in it and he's always busy. Mm-hmm. If you're always in a fight and always busy, uh, you are putting the judges in a position to uh, to have to score against you, and it's hard to do because they're like, okay, well, this guy is he hurt? Uh, and he's he's throwing more. He's still throwing. How can he be losing the fight? So I know the judges are obviously more qualified than us. They should they should be able to tell the difference. But it's really really difficult when you're there live, depending on what angle you're getting. Um, it may be a little bit easier in an empty venue, or maybe maybe harder in another way. So uh, I, I I don't criticize any of the judges at all for any of the calls they made today, whether it was for Edgar, whether it was for Munoz, because yeah, it was it was a really really close fight. And by the way, a really really great fight. Yes. Excellent fight. Excellent fight. Perfect cherry on top of the wild Sunday that we had. This wasn't like vanilla ice cream at all. This is like moose tracks with like 17 different crunchy additives to this ice mm. cream. That's what this card was. And then the whipped cream and the cherry was that main event. It was, <laughs> yeah. it was excellent. I, I will say like like when you're watching the fights like this, I don't know how it feels for you, but like at some point I'm, I'm just hoping, God, someone dropped the other guy. Someone like really hurt the other guy. So I can – so I don't have to like – judge this round i just need someone to definitively win because <laughs> like it was you know it's like i was like oh like, this is like was, i was like man i do not want to judge this fight because I was, I was like i was enjoying it so much i was like oh, okay now nope, i have to actually watch it you know and, and watching a fight for entertainment and judging are kind of two different things and i was like oh i just want i, I just uh, it was a, just just an excellent fight such good mma boxing and just um i i kind of the only downside i wish there was actually a little bit more of a I, I wish there was some more action on the ground to make it a more of a complete mixed martial arts fight but it's what it was and it was a, just uh just a great fight i'm just um i'm i'm, I'm excited that um we make you know our, our 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 livelihoods are just watching you know amazing fighters do their thing yep. on our tvs and that was just um i felt i felt very uh, fortunate tonight i would agree with you uh i know ak we host our weekly podcast on to the next one we match make all these fights coming out of saturday night this is a no-brainer frankie edgar versus dominic cruz <laughs> there is no other fight to make right uh i don't know what you mean i think with this win clearly 
I'm gonna say we're dare. all. Th- I'm gonna say we're all thinking here. I speak for America. Okay, I live in Canada, but I speak for America. Frankie Edgar has clearly leapfrogged Aljamain Sterling as the number one contender at 135 pounds. This one's for you, Dana White. If you want immediate, this is for the uh, the next uh, hype video when they do book this fight. You'll you'll hear my voice. Uh, man, what a performance by uh, Frankie Edgar! He still got it. Leapfrogs himself right into the number one contender spot. Uh, no, Mike. <laughs> you're- I shouldn't have done it. Now it's out there. The clip is out there without, and anyone can take it now without context. Uh, no, I, I, while that would be a very UFC thing to do, um, to give someone like uh, Frank Yeager, who has received many, many title shots in career in his career, to uh, to get another one so soon, uh, I really don't think that's going to happen. Uh, I, I think Damon, our Damon Martin, tweeted earlier that Dana White seemed to begrudgingly at least say that he that he thinks he didn't say that he is he thinks Aljamain Sterling should be next. <laughs> Thinks should. It was a very conditional statement. Um, we've been up, yeah. Hold on. We, we, we've been upgraded from I'm not ready to say that to Aljamain Sterling is likely next. Likely. <laughs> like, we've upgraded. That's, that's good. Way to go, Aljo. You're in there. You're in there. Uh, but yeah. Oh, Dominic Cruz, Frank Yeager. That's a dream match. That's a dream match. Absolutely. Let's let's go. Book it tomorrow. Yes. I, I, there's just no other fight to make. This is this is what it's all about. This is MMA. You could put that thing anywhere. Co-main event on on a pay-per-view card. That's a fight night main event. Easy. Book it. Let's get it done. I'm all excited for it. So and it needs to be five rounds. Yes. I I, I would love it to be a co-main event for a big pay-per-view or you know just a, a featured fight on a pay-per-view. But the fact that it, it needs to be five rounds. That, that's so it's got to be some sort of fight night. And um, woo, I'm already excited. So that means it's not going to happen. November, November, December, (laughs) right around there. November, December. Let Frankie get his leg all squared away and give Cruz some more time to get all Cruz-like, and we'll do this thing at the end of the year. We'll cap it off before we ring into 2021, and I can't wait for that to happen. But you know what, Casey? I'm. Let's talk to the people. Let's talk to people. I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts. I'm sure there's a lot of thoughts on tonight. Uh, this car was so wild that we could just talk about anything at this point. So, hold on. See, I'm gonna go and just throw some ones out there while we get some while we get some questions coming out, so we can so we can already say I no. I just saw that. I just saw that. Are they not friends? Am I getting am I getting teams mixed up? No, no, no. They're not friends. That's different. Different teams. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure they're. I'm sure they've trained together. That's a few a f- times. But we're not there yet. Yeah. I'd like to see Marab like Marab versus Munoz makes a lot more sense. Okay. Than, than Frankie Edgar versus Marab. You know what I mean? Because pay- I mean Munoz lost two in a row, and I know how how our viewers feel about booking fights between someone coming off a win versus somebody coming off a loss. But you know, if we want to move him up in the rankings, I thought Marab versus Javier Asunza was a good fight, but now I'm thinking maybe Marab versus Pedro Munoz is a good fight. But you know Marab, he would fight next week if they asked him to. So then really it's a wild card shot for Marab because he could literally fight anybody at this point. So, I mean, I'd like to see that at some point. I think Frankie is just at that cruise place right now. He's he's there with, what was Munoz, six heading into this fight? Number six? Uh, Munoz was actually five, I think. He's five? So Frankie yeah. probably jumps, jumps right into the top five of this division right away so he's he's not going to go all the way back and fight a marab i just don't see it happening by the way while talking about the rankings i think this card as it was originally constructed only had two ranked fighters i think edgar and munoz please someone correct me if i'm wrong 
Uh, I believe Edgar and Munoz were the only ranked fighters on this card. I think even the original the original co-main event, I don't know if OSP no, no. was ranked anymore. The original main event? I thought that was Romero, Uriah Hall. Oh, tonight? No, oh, today. Oh, you're talking about the, the, the card as it was this morning or the original card? Like, yeah, was, I don't make yeah. I'm looking at the topology right now. I don't remember. Yeah, the, oh, ori- the original that, this, card. Was that this card? Yeah. yeah, the original car we had yeah, Romero and Hall, and, Romero and we also had Watterson versus Hill. Oh, okay, okay. But as it turned out, as of, again, before it lost two fights, as of Friday morning before weigh-ins, uh, yeah, it was a strange card. On- only Edgar was ranked at featherweight, and uh, Munoz was ranked at bantamweight number five. So uh, I can understand that some, maybe the lack of anticipation uh, for this show. We had uh, 11 switch-ups from start to finish, almost – Almost catching the Shabazian versus Brunson card, which had 12. But it had more than the actual fights that actually took place. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> another another fine record for the UFC tonight in, in a bizarre way. Yeah. Got a new question up for you? Ooh. Martin Resendez, do you think Frankie Edgar could become the UFC Bantamweight champion? E. Casey Lydon. No, but yes. I mean, it's Frankie Edgar. You know, it's like, it's, it's, uh, I did, did, did I, I wanted him to win tonight. Did he win? Probably. I mean, he won officially. I don't know, but I mean, okay. Could Pedro Munoz? Could he be the UFC? Could he be the UFC bantamweight champ? Does he have the skills to be a UFC bantamweight champ? So probably. I think, we, I think so. Probably. So if we're gonna go probably, then I think Frankie Edgar is. It's probably right there, too. I think, actually, um, Dominic Cruz said it well in the broadcast. From the champ to at least number eight or nine, I don't know. I can't. All the top the top rankings in the UFC band, um, weights. I feel like all those guys on the right night can beat each other. So um, that's just I, th- I, I just I love the UFC weight division right now. I just think it's so incredible. So uh, it's so good. Uh, yeah, I love it. It's so good. I mean, do I think he could beat Piotr Jan right now? I I mean, maybe. I just I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. So I I think Jan would have to lose the title for that to happen. Not saying that he could beat Sterling or, you know, we don't even know if he could beat Dominic Cruz at this point. We all, we'll have to see. That was a, that was a good performance. Good first fight at 35. Could he become the champion? Sure. He's Frankie freaking Edgar. He yeah. can do whatever he wants. But I don't know him versus Jan. That's a tough matchup. But. We'll see what happens. AK, your thoughts on... Look, man, look, Uriah Faber said that he thought he was doing pretty good against John before he got caught. So if Faber was doing well against John, <laughs> I bet you I bet you that Edgar, who was a win over Faber, uh, I bet you that Edgar could definitely beat Piotr Jan. But like, it's like we said before, he's in every fight. You know, he's in every fight. The only, the only I think, bell-to-bell fight where I was like, oh, man, he's just completely outclassed, uh, not like a fight that he wasn't finished, was, was when he fought to Holloway, where I don't think there was a single round where I was like, uh, Edgar was threatening or, or had a chance of stealing into the rounds. I remember it was just a very complete performance for Holloway, very, very commanding performance. So outside of that, though, there, there's always all these fights that Edgar's in that you're like, man, is, is he stealing this round? Did he take this round? Uh, and again, you add, again, you only need three. You know, you get you get three out of five. That's it. You're the champ, right? So uh, absolutely. Um, I think Jan's fantastic. But uh, yeah, anyone, I mean, if we're talking about, uh, this is a segue into the strength of the, of the bantamweight division. I'm look. I'm just, again, you know, I've got these notes here. I, I think the division has about maybe 75, 80 guys in it right now. And if you just look at every tier of it, there's just so many exciting names. Um, like we said, the top 10, um, you've got legends again. Dominic Cruz hanging around. Your eye favors hanging around. Jose Aldo's hanging around, and you guys got Marlon Vera, Sean O'Malley, uh, Song Yadong. Um, 
man, there's just so many good names at the top here to Jan, Marlon Rice. And then you go in the middle, you've got like Nathaniel Wood. I'm just reading off random names here. Casey Kenny, uh, Brian Keller, Stamon, Jackson, holy cow. And then you keep lower and lower. I, I'm just looking at, and then you go like even lower tier, like Tyson Nam, Tyson Nam is a super exciting guy. Uh, it's a great, yeah, it is, it is one of the premier divisions right now. And I think people it's are recognizing that. Yeah, we're starting. I mean, Adrian Yanez, who came out the Contender Series, he could be a legit 35 or two. We're starting to see some of these young bucks come up and and get signed, and they could do really well in the UFC too. So, 30, I think 35 from top to bottom is the most complete division in the UFC. Like, there's some that are like heavier at the top, like lightweight's ridiculous, welterweight's ridiculous, featherweight's ridiculous. But I think if we're talking like if we go like through the top 50, I think bantamweight's the best division in the, in the UFC right Ooh, now. What a take. I like it. I like it. What a and, take. You know, and I, I'll just say, I'm talking, I'm talking about Bantamweights across the entire globe, all promotions. Yeah, I think, yeah. I mean, like, um, Bellator's got a great Bantamweight division right now with Patchy Mix and Archuleta and Sergio Pettis. Ryzen with uh, uh, Horiguchi and um, Kai As- uh, uh, Asakura. Asakura. Yeah, Asakura, yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah, it's just, um, yeah, these, just, these, little, these little guys are awesome. I love them. I just love them. <laughs> it's like, and honestly, technically, the one flyweight division are actually 135ers, if you want to be oh, serious. Yeah. But, but I mean, no, they're supposed, they're tech, they're flyweights. But uh, I mean, guys like Demetrius Johnson, he is fighting at 135 right now. So if you want to just add that onto the pile, then uh, then yeah. go ahead. But uh, I don't Even 25 is getting getting interesting now. I can't, always I'm, good. I never, I'm ready I, for Manel oh. Cape. Get me Manel yeah. Cape. Oh. Speaking of 25, okay. here. From a scale of 1 to 10, being the most excited about it, how would you guys feel about Frankie moving to 125 and fighting a contender? Uh, I'm sorry. I believe this says from a scale from 1 to 1,010. Uh, and if <laughs> that's the being case, the most excited about it. No, no. 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 That, says from, that says from 1 to 1,010. And let me tell you something, Jerem Toro. 1,010. Frankie, what's 10 more pounds, man? Uh, get your title shot here. If you win it, great. Otherwise... We're right there. One more. Drop down. Let's go. 125. You know you want to do it. I feel he looks shredded at 135. Imagine what he'll look like at 125. He'll look like a god. Get down there and get another time. Ty- the first man to win in four. Oh, no, no. Diego Sanchez already did it, didn't he? Four, win fights in four divisions. Welterweight. Or he did middleweight in his, like, uh, for the ultimate fighter. Oh, yeah. 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 And then he still got the one first. Did he like, win at 45? He never won at 45. He, win? he didn't win, eh? He competed. Yeah, he, he, might, not, he, might, not, he might not have actually got a win. So, Frankie, be the first one to win. Uh, I know you can do it. <laughs> He'd be like 0% body fat. He, he, he doesn't do that. That's not, <laughs> not going to be fun. I mean, he's probably, like five, he's probably like 6% body fat at 135. I mean, that dude, I mean, he was completely shredded. Could he do it? I mean, again, he's Frankie freaking Edgar. He can do whatever he wants, but... I don't know. He, I mean, if he can do it, he could do it healthy. Sure. Why not? I don't want to see it right now. I want to see him fight Dominic Cruz and make a run at 35 first. But he should have been at 35 years ago. And now, you know, he just fought for the he just fought for the featherweight title last year. It's crazy. Yeah, I love Frankie. It's, it's just uh, Frankie. Sure, I just, <laughs> you know, what? I. I think yeah, like I agree with you. Frankie could make 125. I just don't think it's smart for him. I think uh, he's the type of fighter because he's a high volume combination fighter, which means you are going to get hit, you know. So if you throw that much offense out, you ju- you're just going to get hit no matter what. And um, I just don't want Frankie getting hit in the head that much with um, all the uh, water dehydration that would be necessary to make 125. So 
stay at 135. What, Frankie's like 38, 37? How old is Frankie now? He'll be 39, I believe, in October. <sighs> okay. That's yeah. A, that's, that's, that's kind of what we should be more talking about, his age right now. So I think with the UFC, I, I, I know this isn't really the question I asked. This wasn't the question that was asked. But with Frankie's age, I think you have to give him one more victory and then – no matter what happens, you pretty much almost give him a title shot after that. Unfortunately, whoever's the other contenders, because uh, just Frankie's, he just, I don't know. He just, that's just, uh, that old at uh, that weight class is just, best Frankie Edgar. He's going to fight till he's 45 at a high level. I mean, if he fights Dominic Cruz and wins, he's getting the next title shot. Yeah. There's just no doubt about it. Yeah. No well, I mean, who else could get it? Sterling's the guy. I mean, Stan Hagen's, well, okay, maybe not. Mariah, I forgot Mariah's, but Frankie Marlon, and Mariah's are yes. going to fight each other, so it would be like a who did it better kind of a thing. Yeah. And but Marlon's, uh, got to, I mean, Marlon's fighting Corey Sanhagen. That's not, that's not going to be a, an easy fight for him whatsoever, so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, 25. Frankie actually, like, wasn't, un, like, undersized in this fight at all. Like, it no, was kind of, like, weird looked, to watch. He almost looked bigger at times, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> which is not what we want in a Frankie. No, yeah. I should say yeah, yeah, it was like, I was like, oh, like, yeah, actually, like, from a distance, him and Munoz kind of look the same, you know, it's like, oh, it's the same, it's the same general shape of a person, this is weird. <laughs> uh, from the YouTube comments, oh. Jay Bird, Wedbetter, Frankie Edgar should drop down to Adam Weight and fight an Invicta. <laughs> ah, that's Galaxy Brain. Galaxy <laughs> Brain thinking, we were all, yes, you're one step ahead. That's some Cam Soda type stuff right there <laughs> oh my gosh we're, guys we're missing that right now <laughs> yeah we gotta go <laughs> no 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 no. keep watching us but get another window open fightcircus.com that's all i'm saying fightcircus.com i'm sorry what's what do we have here mma elo you travel back to january 2012 i love i love questions that start like this frankie is the lightweight champion do you favor him versus a 23 year old habib who is yet to make his ufc debut if not what does that tell you about frankie's legacy ak this is like your kind of a question right now wow no this is like the worst kind of question okay let me at least have a second people here to glance at where hubby was in 20k so this is before there's a pre-ufc that's correct uh just before two, okay so he made january 2012 uh he debuted against kamal shalarus and won by uh rear neck show before that he was 16 and 0 uh, fighting on the Russian scene. Uh, no really big names on his early resume. He, uh, Shabalat Shamalayev is the only one I see with a Wikipedia entry, and frankly, the only name I recognize um, looking at some of these names. And I think for most people, that'd be the same. <sighs> What's the question? Is is uh, what I favor? Oh, I yeah, absolutely. I would favor uh, Frankie Edgar to win the fight around that time. Yeah, of course not. No, no. I, I, I think as, as great as uh, as uh, Nurmagomedov is, possibly the greatest fighter in MMA history, um, uh, I think like anyone, there's growing pains, and he was he was absolutely an outstanding fighter, uh, probably since probably I don't know his fifth or sixth pro fight. He's been amazing, but uh, there's levels to these things, and I think throwing him in there with someone like Edgar at the age of 23, it's just just a physical maturity, mental maturity, all these things. Uh, he might have a chance, but I think Fredger at that point, uh, Fred, Fred, Fredger, <laughs> I think Fredger at that point was uh, was really one of the most difficult puzzles to solve, uh, and just a really tough guy to go. If we're talking like a five round fight, yeah, yeah I got to go Edgar, Edgar all the way. But a very cool question. It is a very cool question because there's so many factors that come into it. Like we're talking betting odds. Frankie Edgar would definitely have been the favorite. Probably like a, I mean, he would have been a big favorite. Probably a three to one favorite. Plus, like in 2012, the sport wasn't consumed as easily as it is now. Like we would know about Habib. Like if Habib, like if we went back in time, if Habib was like 23 right now and came into the UFC, we would know so much more about him that the odds would probably be a little more level. But back then, 
we didn't really know who Habib was. We probably heard from him like on the underground pages and like on the the sure dog, you know, pages like that. I'm sure his name came up a few times. Like Timor Valiev, like if Timor Valiev debuted in 2012, no one had any idea who that guy was. But tonight, everybody knew who he was. They can, it was a highly anticipated UFC debut, and no one really knew who he was. It's just a different time eight years, eight and a half years later, that the sport is just consumed in, in a much more easy way, in a digestible way, than it was in 2012. But very interesting question. Casey, I'd love to get your thoughts on this. Oh, um, no, Frankie would destroy. Um, 2012, 2012, Habib, Frankie would destroy him. And that's why, you just, that's why those fights don't happen. You know, it's like, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, at that time, Habib was, you know, he was, you know, grinding out decisions, winning very close decisions against um, Gleason Tebow, yep. you know, and it's, that, that, I mean, that's what's, that was great, that's what's been great about Habib. We've watched him grow, has this, like, prelim, almost, uh, he was, a, he was in the dark fights before they were, like, you know, like, it was, like, it was a fight that you can only watch on UFC.com after the pay-per-view oh. was done, you know, so, uh. Facebook, free yeah, Facebook, Facebook fights, Facebook. true TV or whatever. <laughs> um, so, um, fun question, Frankie. Um, time travel, Frankie beats up uh, Habib. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I love that question. This, that, that's a between the links yeah. knockout round question. Uh, before you read this one, I see someone say, "Is Frank? Uh, is this Frankie Edgar overrated?" Okay, so that's this person's blocked. Okay, sorry. Go on. <laughs> show. Yep, that's removed from, the co- removed from the comments. I'm sorry I even brought it up. Go is ahead. That Jed Mashu's burner account. All right, you're Could done. Be. Could be. Uh, Tristan Gordet, what's your thought about Joe Selecki? He made that win look easy. Uh, I'm a big Joe Selecki guy. I've been following him for a very long time. He's a guy that's gone through some ups and downs. He's had some, you know, confidence issues over the years, but he seems to have really gotten it together. Trains at some really good gyms. He's he's moved kind of his life to North Carolina. So he trains with John Salter. He trains with with, uh, with Jim O at Jim O. So he, I mean, he's got some really good training partners. Uh, he's about to become a dad. Uh, he's his wife's been like super supportive. I mean, this is a hit the store. The Joe Selecki story is really fascinating. This is a guy who went pretty much all in on the sport, living in like studio apartments around the country, just trying to make this thing work. And his wife was just like, go after it, go get it. And now that he got on the contender series and got a contract, like it was like the investment paid off. One of the nicest guys in the sport. And it was really interesting watching the Matt Wyman fight because Joe Selecki actually talked a little trash in that fight, which was very unlike him. And he even admitted that. He's like, yeah, you probably won't ever see that from me again tonight. But, man, Austin Hubbard is a tough, durable guy. He made, you know, he beat, he, he basically knocked Max Roshkoff, like one of the highly touted prospects at 155, knocked him out of the UFC. That guy may never get another shot. It was just a big win it was a huge win plus he had COVID-19 which is why Max Roshkoff got that fight with Hubbard to begin with so he oh. recovered from that yeah he's got a lot going on right now so <laughs> I think Joe is an exciting guy to watch at 55 build him up slow, a little you know keep building him up the way you're building him up right like the Wyman's to the Hubbard's and now we just we take that next step no need to bump him up into like crazy top 15 fights just yet but because 55 is just so loaded anyways there's a lot of diff- different kinds of matches for him I think put him up, put him in there with another good, good quality striker that can finish the fight on the feet. See how he handles there. But he looked pretty darn good tonight. I would have given him a bonus if we're being honest. I don't know if you guys have your any thoughts on Mr. Selecki after tonight. 
fine, Mike. We will make sure to include Joe Selecki on uh, onto the next one on Monday. <laughs> all right, all right. I get it. It's your He's hard on the main sell, card. He's in it. Your hard sell of Selecki has uh, has won us all over. Uh, I will say I, I had picked Hubbard uh, only because I, I didn't you know remember much about Selecki, but I, sh- I shouldn't have discounted a win over Matt Wyman. Uh, I know again it, it was I think it was Wyman's first fight in a while and it's not okay obviously it's been a while you know uh, it's not Wyman his prime but again that's an experienced really skilled fighter um, so for someone to go in there and, and beat him and beat him convincingly uh, I sh- not to be discounted so I definitely overlooked that um, while making this fight pick uh, yeah a v- very talented guy um, and and he looked great and the other thing that was great was that he stood out uh, with the way he won you know um, Fighting, taking back control like that, and, and still being aggressive is really is a really difficult thing to do. You know, back control is pretty much it's supposed to be anyway the most like dominant one of the most dom- maybe the most dominant position you can get in MMA. But there's a lot of rules that you know get in the way of it. Obviously, you can't hit people in the back of the head. Um, so Selecki was just really smart about how he attacked from there, and it was it was one of the more unique fights of the night because of uh, he was able to hold that position for so long and just gradually break Hubbard down uh, and eventually get the choke. So that's that's one thing that's really really important. Not just getting the win and not just getting 2-0 in the UFC, but fighting in such a way that I think if someone not familiar with him, uh, again, even including myself, saw that fight, they'd remember, like, oh, that's the guy. That's the guy who backpacked the other guy and beat the crap out of him, right? I mean, that's huge. Casey, you're, you're, you're a grappling fan. I am. Um, oh, be- be- uh, beautiful submission, beautiful analysis, by, beautiful analysis by Dominic Cruz to, to explain how he was just going step by step by step. Almost like, almost like as if he had a coach in his ear going, okay, now do this. Wrap his leg, do this. Mm-hmm. And, he was ex- and the, way, the way Dominic explained why Hubbard couldn't get out of it or th- things like that was just really good. And um, no, I, honestly, as far as like high level submission, high level finish, yeah, Selecki should have gotten a bonus. <laughs> That's, I mean, but uh, yeah. can't get bonuses to everyone, I guess. Uh, yeah, you yeah, can. I yeah, mean, you can, I Dana. Mean, of course, you can. <laughs> you literally you can. Yeah, but um, I mean, if we're talking about like evenly contested matchups yeah. on paper. This is one of this is one of the ones that stuck out on the card to me. This is my under the radar fight of the night, and Slacky delivered in a big way. Um, I thought the fight would be a little more competitive, yeah. but Joe said, "Nope. Yeah. You know, my wife's about to have a baby. I need to get the hell out of here. So yeah. let's go." Yeah, I, I got really no really no hard no predictions on how, how high you know Slacky can go. But uh, clearly, he's an exciting fighter, and um, he's UFC caliber, and um, I'm excited to see what's next for him. Some interesting thoughts from Dana White at the press conference. He said Pedro Munoz won the fight without a doubt. Uh, Dana White also said that Tony Ferguson is probably fighting Dustin Poirier next. Where does this put Michael? There you go. Where does that put Michael? I hope that's on the October card. That has to be on the (laughs) October card. Yeah. What about that? Go. What about that Michael Chandler tweet of the little diamond? What's going on with that? Uh, yeah, I'm, ah, yeah. I'm playing the game. Michael Chandler's playing the game. I like it. I respect it. Bummer. I'm digging it. That's I'm what a free agent should do. Uh, while we're looking for another question, can I talk a little bit about Daniel Rodriguez? Sure. A little, a little Daniel Rodriguez. Yeah, go. Uh, I, I don't think there's going to be any Daniel Rodriguez questions. I just want to say, man, this guy, if he fights again and wins again <laughs> before the end of the year, it sounds weird because, you know, he's kind of low profile. He's probably one of the like in the runnings for I, I would say like top five one of the best fighters of the year uh, just just in terms of productivity and uh and in cage success because um he gets thrown to like i would say maybe a tougher fight with uh dwight grant the takashi sato is very good um uh, 
but similar style matchup, another another striker, uh, and that's a difficult. I, you know, I don't care who it is. I know both guys were fit, were had a change of opponents, but it's still a difficult scenario. Anyway, but he wins a he wins a wild brawl, maybe one of the best rounds of the year. Uh, improves to three and zero in the UFC. Uh, in his debut, he submitted Tim Means, and then he won a, a unanimous decision over Gabe Green. So three and zero in the UFC so far uh, in the calendar year 2020. That's that's really really good. So I think we'll be hearing a lot more about Daniel Rodriguez by the end of the year, especially depending if he gets a just a slightly more high profile opponent in his next. I don't I don't want to throw that high up the rankings, um, and I'm, I'm sure we might talk about him on Monday, Mike. But um, yeah, everyone, shout out to Daniel Rodriguez, man. Really really impressive uh, start to his UFC career. So he's the second guy to go to three and zero this year, right? Yes. Yusuf Zalal was the first. Who's the other? Yusuf Zalal was the first. Oh, yeah. Yusuf Zalal's got another fight booked. Crazy animal. Another, another man, another blue chipper. In that case, it's crazy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, either uh, Zalal, was, oh, sorry, either Zalal or Rodriguez. I mean, the, I want to say fight of the year, but at least breakout fight of the year. You know, just sure. like a guy I've never heard of, and all of a sudden, he, maybe he could have four victories in, 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 this, in, in this, uh, this year, which is, you know, insane. I kind of want to see Kevin Holland fight. Yeah. I know they tried to book that one before. Oh, yeah. That'd I'd be love great. to see that. I think Holland's oh, yeah. got something coming up next month. I haven't been able to get that other name yet. <laughs> I have an idea, perhaps, but that hasn't been announced just yet. How was the Cam Soda fight circus? Ongoing. I don't, it is ongoing, and I don't have an update on this, but uh, I'm just going to read Jed Mishu's last few tweets. Oh, please do. Uh, Man versus woman grappling back with a blue belt versus a novice, or as we most people call it, every single night in any jits gym around the world. Uh, what are your preferred pronouns, God or Nighthawk? Uh, that tiny shredded dude is going to F this fat guy, F up this fat guy. And I love that MMA Twitter is watching this carnival show. You don't see us all gathering to watch random jungle fight cards or whatever, but you unashamedly promote some freak show fights and everyone uh, tunes in. What a magical all, group we are. Wait, who tweeted that? That's Jed. Oh, Jed Those are Jed's that? last like oh, I was, tweets. I thought that was someone criticizing Jed because I was going to say, sadly, jungle fights are not very readily, really readily available for us over in North America. Otherwise, <laughs> I would love to watch those. Um, but no, uh, again, yeah, fightcircus.com. Free people, by the way. This is free. Uh, make sure you have your ad blocker on because <laughs> uh, I'm just going to make sure you have your ad blocker on. And if you have a sensitive uh, palate, uh, be very careful for the imagery that will bombard you uh, when you enter the Cam Soda page. For anyone who doesn't know, Cam Soda is a uh, adult webcam video company um who happens to be uh, helping to promote and uh, and host this mma event but uh, yes a lot of craziness coming uh i don't know i don't know if i mentioned i think i mentioned on the preview show that that we almost got according to uh the the uh cam soda vp we almost got a fighter fighting a wild animal and uh <laughs> And two women, two women fighting a man. So uh, apparently that was not either that was either not allowed or they just couldn't find a wild animal in time that uh, that, that could and get the medicals cleared. So there you go. There's one. There's a wild animal mm. right there. There we go. We're getting yeah, it. So yeah, there you go. yeah, don't, yeah don't, don't change channels. We we got we got animal versus man right here. Fight <laughs> circus two. Fight circus two. But uh, yeah, wild show. And I always encourage people to expand their horizons when it comes to MMA. So hopefully there's a way to replay the show um, for anyone who missed it, including myself. I, I I did not get a chance to watch much of it. But otherwise, keep your eyes, guys, on social. I'm sure there'll be tons of clips and pictures floating around from Fight Circus, and you can uh, live vicariously through that. And just one more warning: if you're going to watch Fight Circus incognito window 
<laughs> private browsing yeah simply not, not safe for work not safe if you have a family or children <laughs> not or, uh, or a loved one or a wife or or husband that you care about uh don't let them know you're watching unless they're well aware of your that you're a deviant who loves combat sports in all its forms that'll be a tough <laughs> no work on, no, do. do not watch it on your work work laptop <laughs> yes complete history mike oh. delete that history <laughs> I mean, I got the I get the laptop on the left, and I got the other computer on the uh, straight ahead. So we'll go to the straight ahead computer. Switching Thoughts promotions. Thoughts on Nemkov's win over Bader? Ooh. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm not like I think I'm gonna pass pass this more on to you guys because this will be heavily discussed on between the links on Tuesday, I'm sure. Uh, but I mean phenomenal win it was it was a, it was a great win not a lot of people saw that coming unless you are really paying attention to bellator and really paying attention to vadim nemkov and what he's been able to do but that was as exclamation pointy as you could possibly get to become the the 205 pound champion of the world ryan bader now just the heavyweight champion all the talk about bader being the best light heavyweight in the world maybe he bought into it a little bit too much but i think Honestly, the one thing I will say about it, I think the, I think the fact that he hadn't fought at 205 in in such a long time really affected him. Like I think so. the cut and getting back down to 205, I think that really took its toll on him. What did you guys think of the performance? Casey, I'll start with you on this one. I picked Ryan Bader to win by decision. Actually, I I I, I thought very highly of Nimkov. I just thought this was such a jump up in competition that, but Ryan Bader would have to go to kind of the the old boring Ryan Bader in the sense that he would have, he would grind out that decision victory. But, um, man, when it, when Bader took Nemkov down and the fact that Bader eventually got up because he just couldn't do anything on the ground to Nemkov and Nemkov's jab and the way Nemkov was making Bader move backwards, which I thought, um, John McCarthy did a great job explaining how like, Oh, Bader is an amazing fighter, except when he moves backwards, you make Bader move backwards. And all of a sudden he just becomes a dude. And um, Nimkov was able to do that. And what Nimkov did to Bader, only the highest level guys have been able to put him out like that on their feet. And um, and it, I don't I don't think Bader was sleeping on Nimkov. I just think I'm just thinking we just got, we just got in, the world got introduced to another premier A level great light heavyweight. That's what happened. Okay. Here's a list of people uh, who have knocked out Brian Bader. Leota Machida, Grover Teixeira, Anthony Johnson, and Vadim Nemkov. That is a hell of a list of, uh, of guys to, uh, to, to join. So good for Vadim Nemkov. Um, they, I don't know if Bellator could have done a better job of building this guy up. I mean, look, he's, uh, he's from the Fedor school. Uh, he's Fedor's protege. So, you know, he's not going to be a big promo guy. He's not going to say any wild stuff. So, you know, you kind of have to just match him up the way and, right way and just let him do his thing and hope for the best. But uh, so he goes undefeated in Bellator before facing Bader and really good names here um, future future PFL heavyweight champion Felipe Linz so obviously it wasn't a big deal at the time but now we know it. Not, not a terrible fighter uh, an, an okay name Liam McGarry uh, former champion he beats him 
Phil Davis, former champion. Uh, Rafael Carvalho, former middleweight champion. So they they did all the right things in, in putting this guy in position to be a credible light heavyweight uh, contender. And and yeah, there's a reason that not everyone like again, I think a lot of us picked Bader, probably the majority of us, because a lot of respect for the champ. But I, I also saw a lot of people saying Nemkov could absolutely win this fight. It was not like a he has no chance thing. This was a, a very even matchup. And um, and a lot of people buying into the narrative of whoever wins this fight, whether it be Bader or Nemkov. Uh, now that the light heavyweight picture is so murky in the UFC, are they the best? Now, I don't know if I'd subscribe to that. Um, he only has two losses and both to good names. He's lost to uh, current UFC light heavyweight now, Yuri Prochachka, who we all love, of course, and think is a, is a future, possibly a future champion. And uh, and Carl Albrechtson, who's a very, very strong veteran. Those are both in Ryzen. So uh, he's only lost to veterans. So uh, how would he stack up against the best of the best in the UFC? I don't know, but I haven't seen anything in Nemkov's performances to think that he wouldn't be a top 10 light heavyweight and again someone who could contend for a title within within two or three fights so if bellator wants to start pushing him as the uh, best light heavyweight in the world i say go for it i think it's a fun thing to do and uh, frankly at this point there's there's no really uh you know tangible way to contest it so go for it bellator yeah and then you can fight Corey anderson and we'll see what happens right one more <laughs> wait, wait, one real, more tweet real, real quick can we talk about how cute fedor looked as a coach you just like he was just it was just so adorable and fedor <laughs> Maybe the greatest heavyweight of all time. He literally looks smaller than Nimkov standing next to him. So I just think that yeah. was just I was I was just weird. Like, was, it's like is Nimkov wearing like platforms? What's going on? But sorry, Nimkov is also is also a tank though. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, I mean, all these fighters look great at weigh-ins, but Nimkov looked like looked power. Like he looked. <laughs> find the find the pictures, folks. He looks shredded. Yeah. yeah. We'll probably roll for like 10 more minutes, I think, sure. yeah. uh, because a lot. But I do want to read this tweet. One more Fight Circus tweet from a fellow <laughs> Canadian, a.k.a. you know him very well, Mr. Craig Allen. The tweet reads, quote, probably just picked up a litany of viruses watching Fight Circus. <laughs> My goodness, this is ridiculous. Guy gets knocked out fighting Lethway, getting tended to by a person, and the ring announcer picks him up and puts him in a corner. So that's what you could be watching right now, folks. Ring announcers with playing sort of medical professional here, co- announcing the winner and then picking up the loser and placing him in the corner safely. <laughs> that is that is martial arts, guys. That is the heart, the spirit of martial arts. <laughs> oh, I love it. What else we got? I'm <laughs> <laughs> uh, finding another question. Um, oh, we got so many post-fight interview stuff to, to transcribe. Um, this is kind of a someone just got more of a general broad question. What talk discuss this? Why I find some Please. other questions. Please, most underappreciated MMA champion of all time. He fought tonight. His name's Frankie Edgar. I don't, I don't know. I should. But look, at, but look at the very next question. Demetrius Johnson. Is Frankie Edgar <laughs> overrated? No, I, told, no. I, I thought I blocked this. Why is the button not working? <laughs> Shouldn't be hitting it so hard. Um, Demetrius most? Johnson. Uh, oh, Demetrius oh, Johnson's definitely up there. Underrated or underappreciated? Was that the question? Was underappreciated. That underappreciated. Frank Shamrock. Maybe. Yeah. And, and, and a lot of that's the UFC's fault. If we're being honest. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're being honest. That, that wasn't by accident. <laughs> Tim <laughs> Sylvia. Frank Shamrock is it was a great. Tim Sylvia is up there. Boy, and so disrespected now too, right? Like it's amazing how much he's the butt of somebody. And look, look, Tim Sullivan was never the most like impressive-looking guy, but there was a time when he was a very legitimate heavyweight champion. And I, I know it wasn't during like this boom period of the UFC, but he was a very legitimate champion. I remember when Randy Couture came back, there was a thought like, oh, Randy, like it's an interesting fight, but people thought like 
Jim said was going to kill him. Like he's yeah. so big and, and it had been so dominant up to that point. Um, and then that's why it made the way to one of the, you know, one of the most inspirational and memorable moments when, when Randy beat him. So, um, Tim said it was legitimate. It, it is a shame that, um, he's become the butt of like a lot of jokes, uh, looking back, which again, is just really, really unfair. I think to his legacy, the maniac. Yep. It's a good question though. That is a good, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you fight have ended in round one. That's a great question. I'm glad, I'm glad this question was asked by a Pittsburgh Pirates baseball fan. Can appreciate that. I'm a Red Sox fan, but, you know, power to you. <laughs> Should that fight have ended in round one? Wild. I mean, it's hard to say because he kept going. Like, he usually when the body shuts down, not once, but twice, that's enough for a referee to say, okay, that's enough. But the way the fight ended in round two, when Talia was clearly defending himself a lot better than Jones was defending himself in that spot. He did land a takedown at the end of the round, which meant that he was okay. And the referee looked kind of looked like a genius, but the way that fight ended, I'll be honest, part of my French, it sucked. It sucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll add on to that for a second while you can continue. But I just want to say, uh, should it have ended in round one? I don't think so. And my other thing I was to say, maybe it also shouldn't have ended in round two. Correct. <laughs> right? Oh, sorry, Michael. Yeah, I think, no, I, I think, I, I think AK sucked. got it. AK, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got we got a comeback of the year. We got one of the upsets of the year. So cool. I mean, we got that. But just kind of seeing it, like at first, I think everybody on Twitter is like, holy crap like i can't believe that just happened what a comeback comeback of the year and then you watch the replays and you're like ah he, he was fine like he, he was hurt he was stunned but he was still fighting he was getting back to his feet he almost threw chris tyone on the ground he had him wrapped up ready to go i hated how that fight ended but mm. it was a lot of fun i guess and good good for you jones for uh, uh trevin yeah. jones. let's not get away from trevin jones no right? no no, awesome. no yeah yeah good good good, good on it who's yes. it i guess i guess this this is kind of Maybe the better question: Who would you pick if they had a rematch? Oh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's got to be Talia. Yeah, it's um, yeah. So Valia, Valia. Yeah, I pick. I pick. The question, the question on screen says Talia. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I pick Valia going in. I, I and Valia again looked very good in that first. He round. looked you know, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing yeah. like he came in with a lot of hype. There's nothing that that happened in this fight where like, oh, why was he so? No, if you watch this, you're like, oh wow, this is why. Oh, okay, I get it. This is the this yeah. he's got a big deal to be looking incredible. So. I've it's never like, seen a more effortless question mark kick in my entire life. It was yeah. just easy. It was just easy. He, he sets it up with, like, kicks of the body, and he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to block the body? Boom. Did he? Like, nothing. It was like throwing a jab to him. At some point, I swore he jumped off the cage and did, like, an elbow body. or something. I was like, what was that? And, like, and, like, and, like, I noticed that, too. Anik was, like, reading a promo, so they didn't even, like, talk about it. I'm like, what? Rewind. Rewind the tape. I was like, what was that? I was like, don't forget the contender series is back this Tuesday night. We got a, a, a yeah. Superman elbow off the cage. That was a that was a wild fight. It was. It was. Um, definitely want to see uh, Timor back in there as soon as possible. Want to see you know, and Jones too. Grid win for Jones. Glad he got the 50 G's. What a story that was coming from Guam on just days notice to take that fight when probably there weren't a weren't a lot of people. That we're going to take that fight but he stepped in there and did it and got a win so good on him mm -hmm. um, we got a few questions about next week so all right let's do it well rackage ko anthony smith next week um shaking like the magic eight ball yeah there is a chance <laughs> there is there's a there's a, a high level chance of violence in that fight 
That's a great. It's that's a fun fight at 205. I like yeah. I like it a lot. Uh, I think uh, he's probably more likely to get a KO than Anthony Smith is probably likely to get a KO in that fight. But who knows? That's a wild one at 205 where this fight could end in 30 seconds or it could go the full 15. Who the hell knows? Yeah, it, it sounds pretty simple to say. If you think if you think Rakic is gonna, well, I'll put this. In. Actually, maybe it's not that simple. If you think Rakic is gonna win, I think that you should pick Rakic by KO. Let me put it that way. If if, if yeah. you think. Uh, Smith, I think, has a, maybe a few more ways to win. Um, I think if you think it's going to be Rockage, it'll be it'll be our highlight reel KO. But I so I do think it is going to end in a finish. I haven't quite decided who yet, um, but I don't think it's going the distance. I like that it's a three round fight too. I know people were kind of kind of PO'd about that, and they were like, "Why is this a three round fight?" Well, because this wasn't the original main event, and once you sign a piece of paper saying you're fighting this many rounds on this date, it has to stay that way. I mean, we just saw the same thing with. Calvin Cater and Zabit in November, they were scheduled to be the co-main event in Boston. When they originally signed, that was the co-main event. So it just carried over to the next one. Was there some tomfoolery there? Perhaps. I'm not going to say there wasn't, but there you go. That's why that happened. That's yeah. why this is happening. They, they won't need five rounds anyway. It's just like no. when they say, uh, you'll pay for the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge, you know, that sort of thing. So uh, don't worry, people. It's probably going to end up finish. Three rounds, five rounds will make a difference. Wow. Casey, this is Casey. You, Casey, let's talk Oliveira versus Dariush. Who in Oliveira's camp thought this was a good idea? Is that booked? Is that official? That's 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 a go, I believe. Yeah, that's a go. Man, this, I I didn't think this fight would get made because I thought of Chandler out there. Well, actually, I I, I saw this out. I saw this you no know, out on the, on the Twitter sphere. So I thought, oh, okay, Chandler will probably get Poirier or Ferguson or something. But then, um, yeah, if this is happening, then, man, it doesn't, doesn't leave Chandler too many options uh, as far as the top, top guys. But um, the problem with Oliveira, no one, I don't think anyone wants to fight him. That's, it's, it's Oliveira wants to continue fighting, and if he wants to continue fighting, he's, he's got to take on whoever. Um, who, who, like, who in front? Like, when was the last time Oliveira fought someone in front of him in the rankings? I mean, do you even... Kevin I, Lee, I, Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee, I guess was he probably was ahead of him. Was he? I don't. Maybe not. I, I'll have to. I'd have to look at. Uh, I, I could check my. Let me check my notes. Yeah, Kevin Lee's still nine right now. Was Kevin Lee coming off the, the Gillespie? Was it? Or am I forgetting? Am I mixing? Yeah, he up? was coming off the Gillespie win, but he was at seventy before. He he had lost a bunch in a row. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I, I honestly I think this was like the only option. Yeah, I think Oliver wants to stay busy, and um, Dubronx, yeah. I think Dubronx like, I, 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 is kind of like that guy, like, you, you, could, you could tell me he was the best. He, he, he may be, I want to say, say the best lightweight in the world, but he could be a top three, top four lightweight. I'll be like, okay. I just, we, just haven't uh, got, we just haven't got an opportunity to see it recently, you know. Oliveira was 13, uh, and he fought, when he fought Kevin Lee, Kevin Lee was number eight. Uh, oh, okay. So, so, so just recently. But before that, definitely it had been, I don't know how long before, he was just kind of, uh, Jared Gordon was behind him, Nick Lentz, David Tamer, Jim Miller, uh, Chris Dose, uh, literally everyone before Kevin Lee during this current win streak, definitely behind him in the rankings. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm afraid to say, guys, he might be headed down the Tony Ferguson path where he might win eight, nine, 10, 11 exciting fights 
And every time you watch him, you wonder, why is he not next in line for a title shot? Why? So, I mean, in some ways, that's a good, that can be a good thing. Look at Tony Ferguson, one of the most popular fighters in the UFC. But also, in some ways, it can be a sort of a tragic thing. You just never get that undisputed title shot. So, fingers crossed, hopefully, it doesn't keep, it doesn't quite go that way. And he has a success with Tony Ferguson, but gets that undisputed title shot sooner or later. Uh, but Darius, yeah, another tough fight. And if he wins it, there's honestly even no guarantees that he, he rises that much higher. So uh, I kind of agree with the premise of the question. Like, yeah, is this a good idea? I, I don't know. Yeah, I just think he had no choice. Yeah. Just take this fight or, or we're just not to but get in any fights, really. I, I will say this about Charles Oliveira. What, how many times he's fought in the UFC, Alex? Like 20 or something times? About 20, yeah, about 20 times. So probably, he's yeah. fought 20 times. That means I've literally you know, sat in front of my TV, watched him weigh in, interviewed him listened to his post-fight interview watched him fight and if you were going to tell you ask me so tell me about Charles or what do you know about him I, d I know very little other than he, he wears glasses sometimes <laughs> you know I, I that's and, and, and to me that's that's the problem right now of Charles Oliver sure, sure. It, it has nothing to do with how he fights in the cage it's just the connection to the fans like even to the media like we just don't know him and um that matters I mean, we talk about Frankie Edgar, like, we're like, everyone's like, oh, I don't want Frankie to get knocked out because we have an emotional attachment to Frankie. I don't, I don't have any of that attachment to Oliveira, and that hurts him right now as far as in terms of moving up the rankings, and that's what matters in this prize fighting game, unfortunately. Yeah. His, his next fight will be his 27th UFC. Oh, 27th. He's almost, he's oh almost at 30. He'll become Thank one of the, he'll become like the, you know, eventually like the probably, I don't know, by that time, like the fifth or sixth fighter to have 30 UFC fights. And like you said, Casey, it is crazy that, um, you know, it's almost that, that test you make, they say about like compelling fictional characters. How, how long can you go without uh, describing them, without having, having to mention what they look like? And with him, you might get like two or three characteristics in before you start saying, you know, before you um, get to superficial things. So yeah, it, it is, it is strange that uh we don't know a lot about him that's a bad bad dude yeah he, he's on that that we know <laughs> he's, yeah he's on that list of fighters where i don't think he's there yet but we we go oh the best best ufc fighters who never fought for a title or never won a title or you know never I, but he hasn't even been in a number one contender fight i don't even think you know so like that's what i mean like, and to me the way he's fighting right now and at his age he's a hall of famer it's, he's he's one of those low key Hall of Famers that may, that would never be a feature that that may never be on a featured pay per view, you know. I just think it's um, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. Yeah, he's not case. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. He gets a big step up, or uh, Darius gets a big step up, which leaves my two options for Michael Chandler still very much alive. Michael Chandler versus Paul Felder, or Michael Chandler versus Dan Hooker. Both of those fights. Oh yeah, Dan Hooker forgot. Scratchy right, right. Uh, I think Dan Hooker might be the might be the leader right now. Yep. All right, we'll do one more. Sure. Uh, one more, one more. We got some Bellator questions, but we've already answered your Bellator questions. You weren't paying attention. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, la 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 la. Yeah. Um, Tava, um, this isn't the question, but I think we, I think it's worth talking about. I think we know what the question kind of is. Oh. Yeah, his response in podcast, O'Malley is delusional. Okay, so. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Pretty, I don't know if, I, I was kind of surprised to hear this reaction. Maybe I shouldn't have been. Maybe it's just, maybe I'm just a naive person, AK and Casey, but. I was kind of surprised to see that, especially when he went on social media after the loss and said he was humbled. I was like, okay, that's that's a pretty good attitude. 
considering how that all that all went down and you know there was controversy early and i think a few hours later we realized there wasn't much controversy at all marlon Vera got a clean win and he's doing the media rounds he's on what the heck and i thought he had a fantastic interview talking about the win and what he wants and everything that led up to it and the trash talk that o'malley not even o'malley himself it was o'malley's team and his coaches that really got to vera so to hear him come out and say what he said afterwards said you know looks like we're going to be at in the next two years i'm going to be a champion and marlon vera is just going to be a journeyman i was like are we setting up a rematch here is that, is that what's happening are we going to see o'malley vera too AK, is that what we're going to say? I hope, I hope not right away. I, I wouldn't mind seeing it somewhere down the road, but right away, let's not do this. Let's not do this. And regarding the humble thing, I, I don't know if you uh, have much of the, the podcast you listened to or, or uh, read the transcript of, Mike, but he said uh, that humble post was an effing joke. Uh, ev- so everyone commenting stupid S word, uh, I'm not humbled. So even that, I, I do think um, some of it is part of it for the show. He's doing the podcast. He's with his, with his, he's with his coach and, of course, his buddy Tim Welch. So, um, you know, you've got to you've got to front a little bit. You've got to put, put on a bit of a personality. Um, like you said, uh, Tim, it was Tim that was doing a lot of the uh, trash talking that uh, Vera was was not happy about. So it's not like it's not like O'Malley's gonna you know take take a more diplomatic approach when they're sort of just chumming it up. And again, like I said, just doing their show for the fans. So I think a little bit of a of it is a front a little bit of it is certainly immaturity um but uh, and a little bit is that natural sort of fighter bravado that's not going to want that's going to want to give just a, li- a little bit of credit to their opponent but not a lot so um i don't know i don't know if people were disappointed or really upset with his comments it didn't bother me that much but may- maybe because i didn't expect better um as harsh as that sounds but uh, either way i wouldn't judge him too harshly on these things he says in his podcast and sort of the reactions after a loss for his first career loss by the way for, for a young guy so uh, i'm not excusing him um his potentially dickish behavior uh for lack of a better term uh but I'll, I'll also understand people who just see it and kind of shrug it off and go like eh, whatever it's trash talk so i don't encourage it but it's i didn't think it was the worst thing as as a positive presence here i will say that i don't blame sean o'malley for doing what he did because he's actually pretty smart doing what he did and coming out and saying that because we're waiting to hear from him he was smart to do it on his own podcast and not do it anywhere else i thought that was smart and he knew that every single mma website on the planet was going to write about it so he knew what he was doing. He knew mm-hmm. exactly what he was doing. And now Vera was getting the media shine, and it was all about Marlon Vera. And then Sean O'Malley just comes out of the woodwork, does his own podcast like he normally does, reacts to the situation, and more people are talking about Sean O'Malley now. Clickety-click. Click-click-click-click-click. Clickety-click. Thanks, Sean O'Malley. So as you can see, that's why I'm not, I'm not going to judge too harshly. We're all part of the same We're all part of the same sphere here, people. Same fight sphere, you might say. Uh, <laughs> as a copyright. Oh, no, wait, I can't. Burn not. Hold on. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Casey, any thoughts on this? <sighs> it, was, it was weird. Uh, I was surprised, uh, but... Hey, he's a prize fighter. He, um, he, we, we, I've saw some other clips, you know, they basically admitted this is a persona, you know, or they're playing, or, or he's kind of playing himself up even bigger. So, uh, you know what, but I've always, I've always said this too. That's why I love MMA. That's why I love working in this sport because I don't have to like all these guys, but I just love the fact that they're all so different and there's no Sean O'Malley. There's no, there's no other Sean O'Malley. There's no other Cheeto Vares. There's no other... Frankie Eggers, like there's there's just so many types of guys in here and guys and girls in this sport that you know the the amount of personalities never ends in this crazy world and crazy sport. So uh, if he wants to make an ass of himself or whatever and, and 
go for it, man. No, it doesn't matter. You still got you, you're still you're still punching a dude for money in a cage. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah, and he was dancing in his in his weed robe. Leg seems to be okay. I mean, I think he still needs an MRI, but seemed to be moving all right. He was he was doing that dance. <laughs> what a dick move! I love it though. I was like, God, what an asshole. <laughs> that, that, that would be like that would, that would almost be like DC the next day, like at archery range, like get bullseyes or something. Like, like oh. He's in the doctor's <laughs> office reading the letters of his dad. Yeah, eye. Just, uh, <laughs> Uh, O'Malley did make one really great, great point aimed at his, at uh, Ben Askren, uh, who who said uh, he shouldn't have he shouldn't have taken the stretcher, he should have limped out. And O'Malley was just like, why? If you were injured, why would you limp? Why would you voluntarily limp out of a cage? Like, you take the stretcher. Like, why would you even risk, uh, you know, aggravating an injury? So I thought that was, I actually thought that comment was very yeah. was very accurate. Yeah, that was stupid uh, by Askren. I don't know what that yeah, was about. Well, to yeah. ignore that tough guy bullcrap. But you take the stretcher, all right? It's not it's not it's not a big deal. Sheesh. All right, I think we, uh, I think we've done what we need to do here. I think so. We've talked some fights, and uh, it was an interesting card. And now we're going to do it again next week. Headlined by Anthony Smith versus Alexander Rakic. I just want to pull up that card real quick because mm-hmm. I, honestly, at this point, with what we've seen over the last three or four weeks, I mean, this card. You know, when they say like card subject to change, this one is probably subject to change because we've seen it far too often here. Oh, we got Robbie Lawler back. I forgot about that. It's Neil Magny in the co-main event. Uh, Gian Kim versus Alexa Grasso. Oh. Magomed Ankalaya versus Ian Kutalaba rebooked. But you know who is... Uh, oh, sorry. Continue. Maki Patolo Mike. versus Mike. the debuting Impa Kasanganai. Mike, we were supposed to... A week from now, we were supposed to be seeing the return of Ryan Hall, okay? Oh. Nothing, nothing you say is going to make me feel better. Okay. I hadn't thought about about that until... We're about to get there, okay? Zach Cummings versus Alessio uh, DiCherico. Alex Caceres, Bruce Leroy versus Giga Chikadze. That's fun. Emily Whitmire's back. It's Pollyanna Biana. Sean Brady versus Christian Aguilera should be a lot of fun. And the return of Hannah Cyphers taking on Mallory Martin. Hannah Cyphers fighting for the eighth time this year? Like, Mike, oh, my goodness. Right? What a so worry. we were supposed to have Jeff Neal versus Neil Magny. We were supposed to have Zabit Magomed oh. Sharapov versus Yair Rodriguez in the main event. And yes, Ricardo Lamas versus Ryan Hall. Oh, and, from all indications, and the people's main event. They're still trying to keep Ricardo on the card. I don't know uh, if it's going to happen, but why they're trying. About, why did you remind me about Neil on Neil? Ah, I almost got Neil my Neil. Neil. I almost got Neil on Neil and Ryan Hall next week. Ah. So it's going to be fun. Yes, we got Maximus contender won. series. No, no Neil on Neil. Oh. We got good contender series stuff. By the way, speaking of contender series, uh, what the heck this week? We're going to have our first contender series winner on the actual show. Cheyenne Bays is going to be on. I'm very excited to talk to her. I think she's probably been there's been some great performances, but I would say as far as like who stood out and who got like the most shine thus far. It's probably her One after to watch. that win on Tuesday. So absolutely. So she'll be on. We get a lot of. Uh, a lot of female fighters coming on what the heck this week so look forward to that julia avila will also be joining us so it should be a good lineup but we're getting out of here for ak for casey lyden i am mike heck thank you for watching ufc on espn 15 is in the books me and ak will be back on monday to match make all this stuff we'll talk about on between the links on tuesday so we haven't officially put the bow on it yet but at least tonight we are so we'll see you have a good night everybody
listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network.